visualizing visual supports can feel overwhelming for both parents and teachers. Welcome to the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Witcher, and uh, we need to talk about this individualizing piece here. Uh, you know, we are well into the school year. There's a lot that's happening. Everybody has a lot on their plates. And unfortunately, sometimes our customization, our individualizing of our plans tends to kind of go to the wayside and we start generalizing a lot of things like, okay, due to not having enough time for prep or due to not having enough manpower to make this happen, we now are all using something like the same set of visuals for a schedule, or we're all using the same visuals that we've been using for a long time. And this is not just in schools. It happens at home too, right? So parents get busy. And instead of customizing things like we used to, right, when we first started using things like visual supports, we kind of just go with what has been working and we forget how important visual supports can be for individualizing a child's experience, for making sure that they can access their environment, that they're learning new things and communicating at new levels. And um, I was exploring on some of the new ways that are out there for customizing some things that are affordable and accessible to both schools and to families, because that's really important. It's really important that we can give access to everyone. And I came across Smarty Symbols. And I've known about Smarty Symbols. It's been a little while since I kind of dug into what do they have? What's going on? And I was like, yes, this is it. This is what um, I'm looking for. So let me give you an example of why I was searching for a solution. We have a lot of students who have inclusion experiences in music, art, and physical education, right? So a lot of times that's our go-to, and that's another conversation on another day where we'll talk about what is an appropriate inclusion plan. But bottom line is, this is happening for a lot of students right now, right? So it's like, oh, the student's going to have their inclusion minutes that are written into the IEP. They're going to be going into, let's go with art right here. So they're going to go into art. And art can be very difficult. We have got a different project all the time. A lot of times we're sitting at different tables all the time. We've got different supplies. We've got different instructions. We've got a lot of chaos that is happening with all of the, the different things that happen in the art room, right? There's a lot of distractions. Kids are excited. I mean, we just know it's a lot. So a lot of times we bring a child who needs supports. They come with their paraprofessional into art class and they sit with their paraprofessional who then assists them through the art project. And you're trying to follow along with the teacher of like, now we're going to do this. Now we're going to do this. Okay. And that pace can feel very fast. It can feel very chaotic. And then let's just kind of face it here. A lot of times the artwork that then is produced is mostly produced by the support person in the room versus the student who's supposed to be working on their inclusive activities and, and doing something with their general education peers. Now, if we think ahead and we figure out how to customize visual supports and we give access to this support, meaning like the tool that we're gonna use, like Smarty Symbols, to the art teacher, then she can help create some of the visuals that are needed to support a student through an activity. So for example, a lot of times we have the art teacher, then let's just say we're gonna build a snowman 
and we're going to have cotton balls and we need scissors and we need glue and we need markers and we need construction paper. We have all of these pieces and we might have a student who could do, let's say every other step and they could keep up with the class as they're going through this project, but we need to let them know this is what's going to be happening. Here's the visuals for those steps. Here are the steps that you need to do. You know, here's what we use the glue and the cotton ball and the construction paper. And, and we work through those steps with visual supports that are created, not just by the special education teacher, not just with the paraprofessional, but that we start to get the art teacher involved in, in having it, just this access to the visual supports that are needed so a child can access that classroom. And that's what's really important in inclusion. In inclusion, it's not just about proximity. It's about making sure that the teacher in the room is the teacher for that child and that the paraprofessional remains the support person, not the teacher in that solution and that situation. So finding the solutions like Smarty Symbols, being able to have an easily accessible database of visuals where you can create activities and schedules and even interactive digital games and, and really helping a child take their knowledge to the next level. This has to be a team effort. And to do that, we need something affordable and accessible, right? So we, a lot of times take our, our visual support requirements, right. Of what is needed. And we lay that all onto the special education teacher. I couldn't even tell you how many hours I spent as a teacher, you know, cutting things out and laminating things and doing all of the things for my students. When in reality, this is a team effort. There are so many parents that would absolutely be willing to help to create all of these supports to have consistency between home and school, but we have to make sure that they have access to make this happen. So individualizing the supports, like I just gave that example there in art class, so very important. We can do the same thing for PE, right? There is another room that is chaotic and the rules are changing. The games are different all the time. Kids are high energy. We need to get the teacher involved in, in making sure that the child who has additional needs, who may need visual supports, who may need visual cues, that they're helping to create those own tools for their classroom so they can support the students and truly individualizing it. The other thing that we need to make sure is that as we get into the, the older students, right? So we're looking at our high school, our transition age, we need to make sure that we're updating our visuals to make sure that they are age appropriate and that they are reflective of the activities that they are doing in high school. So a lot of times I've seen out of date or I've seen, uh, I'll just say immature, like elementary age type uh, visuals that are not appropriate. They're not even the activities. They're not reflective. They're not customized. It's kind of like, this is what we have. So we're gonna use these. And being able to update these visuals, it's very important. So I want to make sure, like this is on your, your to-do list. I know your to-do list is really long this week. I totally get it, okay? It's always really long, right? But the visual supports and making sure that we are individualizing them and that we're giving access, not just to the special education teacher, not just to the paraprofessional, but also to our general education teachers. Uh, that includes our librarians, art, music, PE, that we're making sure that our families have access to tools 
that our families have trainings. You know, all of this could absolutely fall underneath assistive technology, which is part of idea law, which then of course leads to training and training is covered under idea law for all teachers, including families when it comes to making sure everybody is trained on how to use these tools to assist a child in accessing their environment. So again, let's just be really conscious with what is um, you know happening this school year and the overloaded caseloads, the busyness that seems to be like 10x right now that we are still working on individualizing. It is more important to simplify and individualize than to just create more or keep doing what we have been doing and, and not moving forward and using the visual supports and creating this true teamwork environment. So can you guys do that? Can you guys really start thinking outside of, well, the child needs visual supports, therefore the teacher needs to. You know, I'm gonna give you another example. This, this one, I was sitting at an IEP meeting and we were coming up with new uh, just support for behavior, self-regulation, being able to access different environments throughout the school. And um, this really great plan came about. And there was a lot of conflict to get to this really great plan. There was a, a lot of different opinions. There's a lot of things that were happening. And this was an elementary age um, student. She has Down syndrome. And um, she was really... Um, using escape behaviors, wanting to leave classrooms and climb under desks and to do things which we all know that that means that there's probably some communication um, difficulties that are happening in there. Child's not able to express something's not happening that should be happening. So this child feels supported and wants to be part of the environment. So we're working towards all of the things that need to be happening. And that included making sure that she knew her expectations and that there were uh, just a lot of data was being taken, just a lot of things. Okay. So this big plan comes about and it did include a lot of visual support, a lot of visual supports for transitioning, a lot of visual supports for accessing the activities within the classroom, a lot of visual supports for, um, what was happening after. So that is kind of that secondary transition that was happening either in the classroom or, um, you know, leaving the classroom, just a lot of things. And everybody finally got on the same page and they're like, yes, this is what we are going to do. And I'll, I'll admit that the administrator was there. Okay. Superintendent actually superintendent was at the table and he looks at me. I was there supporting the parent and he looks at me and he looks at the parents and says, are you guys good? And I said, yes. And we'd like to know who's going to be implementing this, who's going to be creating all of this. And he goes, well, the team will. And I said, yes, but we need some more information, not, not just the team, because we, we do this all the time in special education. We're like, okay, this is what we are going to do. But then who is we? Who's we? I know who we is. We is typically the special education teacher. That's, that's who we is. The special education teacher, this was going to all fall under her. And I already knew that she was overloaded from this situation. So I said, well, there needs to be all these pieces. So I looked at the teacher and I said, are you going to be able to implement all of these and create all of these materials? And what would be the timeline for that? And that wasn't to you know, throw her under the bus or to accuse her of not being able to do it. I, I was just making it very clear that she's going to need some help. I, I was advocating for her. And she's like, well, if and then, and maybe, and, and she's kind of skirting around. And then the speech therapist hopped in and she says, you know what? I have consult minutes and I can actually expand those consult minutes by an extra 10 minutes um, per week. 
And I'm going to add in some uh, visual support time. And that's what we use some of those consult minutes for is I'm going to talk to the teacher and we're going to put together these visual supports because these visual supports were going to be ever evolving based on the child's independence and what was going to be able to um, happen, you know, in this plan. And so we had to get the speech therapist involved. And then the occupational therapist said, well, you know what? I can get involved too. So I've got some consult minutes in there too. So why don't I go ahead and make sure if you do this part of the day, then I'll do that part of the day. And then the special ed teacher had another part of the day. And I would say that the only part we were probably missing in that was making sure that the general education teacher had a part. But at this point, we were kind of in a crisis. So we were doing what we needed to do um, to get out of that. But we had a plan then of what was going to happen to make sure the child had all the supports, including all the visual supports that were needed, that they were going to be individualized. They were going to be ever-changing. And it took an entire team and it took the tools. It takes a tool like Smarty Symbols. And the reason that I really looked at Smarty Symbols, again, is because their focus is making sure that it's accessible in all environments, so home and school. And it's so simple to use, which means that getting our general education teachers involved in this, uh, it, you know, that's an easier path too, is using something like Smarty Symbols. So I'm going to make sure that you guys have the link to Smarty Symbols here. And let's just, again, let's just kind of put this on our to-do list that we need to double check our visuals. Are they be, being used in all environments? Do they need to be updated? And what other team members need to get involved in creating the visuals to make sure that we are staying on track at the pace that the child needs us to. So they're fully supported in all environments. Again, I would love if you could leave a comment, go ahead, leave a question. If you're listening on our a podcast, you could leave a five-star review. Every time that you leave a review, a comment, a like, a share, that helps more parents and teachers find the resources that they need to work together to prepare every child for further education, employment, and independent living.